call it. Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Welcome to episode 77 of Call It Friend or the podcast where usually two friends watch two films decided by the flip of a coin. This week, myself, Andy J. Ritchie, and my co-host, Anna Katirnan, watch the new MCU film, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. As always, the podcast contains spoilers for the film right from the start. We also spoil elements of WandaVision and the first Doctor Strange film. Check out JustWatch.com for streaming and rental options in your region. You can find us on Instagram at Call Friend or Podcast. Drop us a line there for any feedback or recommendations. Peace. Live again. We're live. It's episode 77. Although I say that in the intro, I'll repeat it now. We're going to be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Which one? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Do you mean what which we multiverse? Talk- well, no, what do we talk about first, actually, I suppose is what I mean. Oh, well, we've got a lot of things to talk about before we get to that, because we've got to catch up on all the amazing things that we've been watching. Hell yeah. I think we both watched the same... Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna call this... Limited series, maybe. Oh, I don't yeah, think let's dive gonna, into it. I don't know if it's going to get renewed or not. I think there's some talk of the star Oscar Isaac wants to come back to uh, portray Moon Knight again. But off of the strength of this first season, I don't know if we're going to see a second. I Well, like, this is the thing. I thought it was all right, then really good, then shit. Yeah, my, my some of my feelings around that... A lot of that, I definitely favoured the Benson and Murhead episodes rather than the Muhammad Diab. Maybe we should talk a little bit about what Moon Knight is, just in case you're not aware of it. So, I mean, this is, it's the, I think the sixth TV show by Marvel that they've put out on on Disney Plus. It Um, is. We're up to um, 28 films and six series at this point as part of the MCU canon. It's a relatively obscure title. I think it's probably the first... It's definitely the first um, series, maybe like the first of anything in a, in a while. Well, no, Shang-Chi and the Eternals were, were just straight out the bat, but it's the first TV show that's in no way connected to the um, previous MCU. It's a completely new character, so they've deviated quite a lot from the comic books, and this, the, like, the, the main... Pre- uh, protagonist in the comic books is like a millionaire Bruce Wayne type. He was kind of like Marvel's Batman, the character, and he gets basically he becomes the avatar for some ancient Egyptian god. Blah, blah 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 blah, and he's got uh, yeah, Kanchu, and he's got multiple personality disorder. Which, by the way, I've listened to a few different reviews on this, and it's like <laughs> how concerned people are with portraying this correctly is beyond. Like it's. <laughs> Because the thing is, I was like, like, yeah, because you wouldn't want you know it to be offensive or anything like that, and you do, you wouldn't. But at the same time, you're there thinking, man, like, how many people with multiple personal disorders? <laughs> I'm gonna have to stop you there because it's called dissociative identity disorder, and what you're saying right now, well, offensive. what you're saying right now is extremely offensive. It's I'm just, sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean yeah, to offend people. It's called, it's called did, and you uh, did. Oi, what did that Irish bloke say about the <laughs> disorder correct. we have? So yeah. uh, <laughs> You're going to go full uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, apparently the split was quite offensive to people with that. It was, yeah. A lot of people tried to get off of Netflix. Um, yeah, fuck that shit. But it's, Come on, it's very, <laughs> he's very resilient. Anyway, so yeah, in this, they've changed it up a little bit in this iteration, but it's still basically multiple personality no disassociative personality disorder in a yeah, superhero 
you've got we're we're opened up to a rather charming man who lives in London called Stephen Grant, played by Oscar Isaac with a shit accent, who works in a gift shop in a museum and knows a I lot think, of stuff about Egypt. I think shit shit accent is very unfair. If you go back and listen to episode fifty of this podcast with uh, Andy Casper, <laughs> that's who that's who Oscar <laughs> Isaac is playing. <laughs> What I mean, it's a. I think it's like it's consistent, but it's. I think it's supposed to be a bit of a, a shit accent, not quite a shit accent, but it is. It is literally supposed to be a fake accent, you know. Max yeah, Spector is the original it's, personality. It's it's fun though. It's like this mild mannered Brit who does like yeah. a lot of like latest gators, and he is fun. But there are. It. I've met people like him. They do exist. He is fun in it. He's fun. And, He's fun and funny. And uh, Ethan Hawke, also very fun in it, I thought. Uh, He's playing I, Arthur Harrow, former avatar of Conchu, and a baddie with no great purpose beyond unleashing the evil god Amit back on the yeah, Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason. So, yeah, they're basically, they're, like, it's a race to get to the tomb of Amit to release this uh, super right-wing god. <laughs> I think you could... <laughs> For the one who's like, I I don't like punishing people after their crimes. I like preventing crimes. We need to strike first. It's the Cobra Kai mantra of of gods. Well, actually, in that case, maybe... Maybe uh, Ahmed is like a left-wing god (laughs) and Khonshu is the right-wing god. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he's all he's all guns blazing. He's like the god of warlords, the god of people who travel by night. Um, So... Yeah, like I said, the first two so first two episodes I liked enough. They were okay. I thought the third episode was kind of just bollocks. I just thought it was kind of stupid. It just jumped around and an awful lot of convenient shit happened. Some characters made very very poor decisions to move the plot along. Then I don't know were these the Benson and Moorhead episodes, but they're very Benson and Moorhead. The next two, two and episodes. four, but two and four are the Benson and Moorhead ones. Okay, so the fourth episode is the best. And it's it is really good. I have to say, it's very very well done. Scary. And put together, it's dark as fuck. It's the darkest. It's really thing scary. The MCU have done. Yeah, yeah. I, for sure. I was genuinely scared at one point of this kind of zombie mummy type thing running around. It's like just just like horror creature. Yeah, and scary well, times. All, all the stuff with the episode four is all the flashback stuff as well, right? Mm, yeah, I think so. I think they start. I think they get that they. Uh, get the ball rolling on that towards the end of that episode. Um, and yeah, uh, then you've got um, the hippopotamus in the next episode, blah, blah, blah. Mm, which I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I enjoyed all that stuff. And But then I just, I thought the last episode was a bizarre muddle of shit. Was, I thought the last episode was terrible. It just did, it, it was just so much scrambling to tie it <laughs> together for the finish. I don't um, understand what problem you could have with a giant crocodile <laughs> fighting a big scarecrow thing. Well, I don't what's, have what's any problem with that? with that if it sort of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean? I think I think there's some very questionable plot beats in the finale. And I thought the um post credit stinger thing was very strange as well. Yeah, that oh yeah, that, that was extremely weird. There's a the, that's, the, the that's, very yeah. end of this is is a very is a kind of worrying twist that Calls into question the, the, the uh, like events. Yeah, yeah spoilers yeah. for Moon Knight. I would. Say, I mean, it's fine. It's. I. I'd say it's worth watching. It's okay. I'd say for me because I've watched everything. I was thinking about that leading into our Doctor Strange two uh, chat in a minute. But like, I've watched everything within the main MCU canon, including all the TV series. So for me, this is above Falcon and Winter Soldier, probably Easy. above What If as well because I wasn't a huge fan of that. 
Mm. But I think the other three, One Division, Loki, and Hawkeye, are still far superior. Yes, I would say that um, for sure. Unfortunately, and I don't. I also, but the one kind of interesting point for this, and with Doctor Strange and the other titles that they have going forward, is you know what my reservations were about Spider Man. I like when they have titles that do seem to be moving away from the idea of focusing on a second grand narrative because I don't think you can top the Infinity Stones narrative. I think Mm. anything would be disappointing after that. It was just so fucking fantastic. And I know they're moving in the multiverse and Kang and shit like that. Um, But at the same time... I don't know. I don't see... I'd be very surprised if anything... If they can form anything like a coherent plot around that general narrative. The fact of the matter is, they have used up the best characters available to them at this time. Um, The ones that they could yet introduce, for example, um, whatchamacallit, the uh, the X-Men or like... The Fantastic Four, Fantastic fair enough, Four they're okay. Well, yeah. yeah, but the X-Men they could introduce... I mean, they've, they're have they up against it with the X-Men, like, a lot, because, the you know, the previous franchise is just so fucking iconic well, still. Well, I think we'll, when we get into uh, Multiverse of Madness, <laughs> we'll definitely be touching on all of these things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but, like, basically, my my point is, uh, I'm just... I, I'm happy to... See, like, it's like the way I did quite like Eternals, because it's so... It was so crazy and different. And I like the fact that rather than trying to tie it together into a universe so much anymore basically anything's possible this you're in neil gaiman country here you got fucking egyptian gods and you know whatever's going on in shang chi in eternals there's a god emerging from the middle of the earth it's fucking madness there's almost a bit too much going on but it's nice that they can come back and revisit this i enjoyed seeing egypt Mm. Uh, I enjoyed all that kind of mythology, and uh, you know they in, they in, uh, they go f- they yeah well that's <laughs> very similar to it's close to Egypt it's just next door, but there's a you know they they Marvel leans into that whole thing of like the the one person says to Layla, are you an Egyptian superhero? <laughs> yeah, oh that's a terrible <laughs> and she goes yes bit of and as much as I, no, I she stops it, and thinks yeah and, goes, and then goes yes I am Do you know what I actually am as much as I hate. As much as I hate Marvel's tendency to kind of to to pander like that, I did I did also enjoy it and go like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> so I, I was very much torn on that point. Fair enough, I yeah. suppose. But um, maybe I've got I suffer from DID. That's why. What's oh do oh do you dissociative identity disorder? Yeah, one ah, of my identities good. loved that, and the other one thought it was uh, utter shit. All right, fair enough. I mean, I, I I would think I would get along well with both of your identities because I thought both things about this show. I thought it I, sometimes just bit ass, but there was definitely two episodes that I really enjoyed and was very impressed by. What else um, you got? This week I read an article in The Guardian because I'm a masochist. It was uh, from author Gillian McAllister, who's the author of Wrong Place, Wrong Time. And uh, she was basically, <laughs> it's one of those articles where the uh, writer is just plugging their own work, but trying nice. to make it seem like they're talking about the genre. You know, it's giving like a general, like, this is the mm. state of the genre, but remember to buy my novel, which is coming out shortly. So yeah, she's got this book coming out, which is, you you know how much I love time loops and time travel. I and do. That type of thing. 
And I've talked before about my love of things like Frequency and uh, Mirage and Groundhog Day, Palm Springs, all that type of stuff. So uh, Jillian McAllister, she was inspired to write this novel, Wrong Place, Wrong Time, because she watched Russian Doll on Netflix. Ah. Are you familiar with Russian Doll at all? I've seen the first series of it, yes. Mm. I haven't seen the second yet. I, I really enjoyed the first series. I think it's great. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. So it's uh, a Netflix series starring Natasha Lyonne from... Uh, Written American and directed Pie. by Natasha Lyonne as well. Yeah, she's uh, directed some episodes, co-created it with Amy Poehler and mm. uh, some other lady. And uh, yeah, it's about this gruff New York Jew called Nadia who's trapped in a, a trapped in a birthday time loop where she constantly dies and she needs to figure out why. And it's a mix of comedy and and serious moments. I uh, got four Emmy nominations. So yeah, I, I've off of the back of this article, I, I dove into season one of Russian Doll, and season one of Russian Doll, I absolutely loved. I blew through it. Episodes are about twenty five to thirty minutes long. Yeah, there are eight episodes in season one, and it's just the the classic sort of Palm Springs Groundhog Day type thing of a time loop playing out. Again and again and again as uh, this character, Nadia, and then this other character, Alan, come together and have to figure out what's going on. Now, if anyone hasn't seen season one, I would 100% recommend it. I think it's great, but it came out about three years ago, so I don't think that's news to anyone. Yeah, I could double down on that. Big fan of season yeah. three. Um, it's, it's got such season a one. kinetic pace. Slows down then at just the right time when it is getting too breathless. And uh, the explanation is good, generally speaking. I was satisfied with it. And, uh, yeah, just very impressive writing, how um, well-realized the characters are just through little blips. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of that. Anyway, go on. So season two was released uh, last month. It was delayed by COVID. We've talked a little bit about Netflix's... Uh some of their process for renewing or canceling shows, they have a tendency to kind of limit things to a three-season run at best. Mm. And uh, apparently for Russian Doll, the creators had already, had already, when they brought it to Netflix, they said, we have ideas for this to be a kind of three-season whole. So the second season, uh, as I said, COVID kind of put them a couple of years behind, but uh, it finally came out last month and uh, it's a seven episode season this time. It continues with the same characters from season one, but there's quite a bold diversion. Uh, maybe unsurprisingly, they haven't continued with the time loop thing because that well, would be very hard to pull. Yeah, it'd be hard to pull off. So what yeah, they've yeah, gone sure. for this time is it's a lot more akin to something like Goodnight Sweetheart. If anyone remembers the 90s, that's an old school reference. Nicholas so Lindhurst. She fails to kill Hitler so she can get her rocks off with some yeah. barman. That's right. She goes back in time just to shag, just for shaggings in Second World War. Well, actually, what happens is uh, these are very, very minor spoilers just for the, the concept behind season two, but. She goes back in time to the 1980s and inhabits her pregnant mother's body, her mother who's pregnant with her. And in season one, a lot of uh, a lot of season one is based on the trauma that she has about her mother killing herself. Um, I don't think that's a spoiler particularly. I think that's no. fine to say. But so in season two, she's but going back in time and she is trying to hunt down her family's Krugerrands, which were lost at some point. And it leans really heavily into like, you know, hey, this is my shtick of the the kind of New York Jewish lady shtick. 
And she's very funny in season one. In season two, it starts to become a, a little bit grating, at least for me. But the biggest problem overall is everything that they needed to say was done in season one. They just completely, they're like, okay, we've, Netflix is going to give us money for a season two. We got, we've got Emmy nominations. We've got a talented cast. We've got good mm. writers, but there's, there's nothing here that needs to be done. It's, it's, it's a paper thin plot. And uh, some of the more positive reviews I've said are that, are, that I've seen are, are kind of go into that. It's like, it's about a character dealing with trauma and generations of trauma. I, I've only made it through two and a half episodes of season two. And to be honest, I, from everything I've read, I, I don't know that I can continue. I, I, I'm going to have to leave it for a period of time because there's there's so mm. many other better things to watch. So I just feel like season two, from two and a half episodes in and from everything that I've read from people saying like, yeah, you, most people have like advised not to finish it. And I kind of feel the same way so far. There's just, it, it really is a shame because you see like, season one is like a perfect little time yes, capsule is. kind it's of, great. isn't it? You don't need anything else. Didn't need else. to continue. Yeah. So my, that's my review of season two is like, don't, don't bother. <laughs> don't bother. Watch season one. All right. Well, just just moments before this podcast was uh, to begin recording, I actually had to add one more to my list. So I've got two TV shows left and two movies, which I'll I'll just breeze right into. So uh, I finally got around to, well, finally, basically in the last week or so, I've ended up alone with uh, my kid in the evenings, uh, like a lot. And I always make these plans that I'm like... Oh, I've the you know the night and the TV's mine. I'm gonna watch something that no woman would want to watch at all because it's my favorite genre of filmmaking. You know, something that really alienates a female audience. But my daughter is walking around and just full of so many beans right now. So by the time I get her off to bed, I'm usually knackered. So not wanting, not not knowing, I wouldn't be able to commit to anything too deep and meaningful uh, with a with a long arc. I ended up dipping back into a show that I kind of had um, left for dead a while back. So left for dead is just as in I just didn't go back to watching it. I've always been a big fan. I watched season nine of uh, Curb Your Enthousi- Enthusiasm. Have you kept up with Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, like not <laughs> not in like more than 10 years. When, when did that start? I feel like that's been on for 1999. Jesus Christ, yeah, like I remember watching that back in like 2003, living in Tokyo. I've, well, I've, so I've, long like, ago. I've been a big fan for a long time, I suppose, but like I said, I've said to you before as well, just there's so much good stuff out there, I almost at the time, I sometimes just feel bad for watching comedy, which is dumb to say, but it is <laughs> what it is, it just fucking is, I can't help it. But I like, you know, I, I was like, this is hipster and cool enough to, for me to get away with popping it into my TV schedule. I think I'll do it. Uh, yeah, but long story short, I, I enjoyed it immensely, I have to say. Uh, the, script, the, the the story for season nine, so diehards of the show, and well, no, I'm two seasons behind at this point, and there's another season coming out soon enough. Um, this is the one where in the first episode, you see Larry submits a script to his manager uh, for a musical called Fatwa, based on the life of Salman Rushdie. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're laughing already. This is the yes, great thing about idea. Curb. This is the great thing about Curb. Even with the little episodes, uh, like so, the, every uh, most seasons after season three have a whole sort of season arc, but each episode has little stories. And every time you detail, like I'll just give you, let's say, in the first one, 
Larry, Larry meets a lesbian couple that's going to get married soon, and one of them is going to be the bride, and one of them is going to be the groom, and one of them is su- the one who's going to be the bride is super butch, and the the groom is like this beautiful lady, and Larry just immediately says, "No, I mean, you're the groom. I feel like. Do you not feel like <laughs> you're the groom?" Uh, of course he does. It's just brilliant. Um, so anyway, he gets a fatwa put on him by the Ayatollah. <laughs> uh, so he goes into hiding for an episode. There's one ep- there. Uh, no, for the entire season, he has a fatwa on him. He's in hiding for half of it. The person who forces him out of fatwa, not forces him, talks him out of fatwa, is none other than Salman Rushdie, who explains <laughs> to him the concept that you can get fatwa sex by just appearing in public, and ladies think you're really brave. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Lin Manuel Miranda does a cameo. Brian Cranston does a cameo. Of course, they all play dickhead. Well, Brian Cranston plays a psych- psychiatrist. Hamilton plays um, a dickhead version of himself, and he's great. I really, really enjoyed it. The star of the show is still JB Smoove, who's just fucking hilarious in it i mean just every i don't know so off the cuff just always hungry for ladies uh yeah he's just brilliant i'm a big fan i i think this will be just one i'll ha- constantly have on the side to dip back into until i run out of it because it's perfect for just to burn away a half an hour for sure nice mm. well it's just, i <laughs> i guess i can tell you about something that i didn't watch no go. In the Northman episode, I think it was, I talked about my cinema experience here in Croatia. And uh, yeah, we'll get into yes. that as well, talking about Multiverse of Madness. So I bought a ticket online and uh, attempted to go and see the Nicolas Cage film, The un- Unbearable Weight of, of, of Massive Talent, uh, last week. But unfortunately, when I got to the cinema, they'd cancelled the screening. Possibly. What? Yeah, I think because of technical issues. I got a what huge kind they, of they, third world shit is this? I've never have you ever had that before turn up at the cinema and the screening is cancelled. I've had to be on the other side of cancelling a screening when I Oof. worked in a cinema. Oh my god, I've got a I just this funny thing just popped into my head. I'll have to tell it to you. Okay. It was the night I think it was the night the wrestler was opening, yeah? And mm-hmm. there was major problems with the projector and they just couldn't get it working again, so eventually they said, eh. Oh my God, it was so funny. Eventually they said, they came in and they told uh, the people that, uh, look, we've locked up the safe for the night, so we can't even give you a refund because <laughs> it's a big corporate chain, you know, so they, they, you know, there's nobody with keys, basically. It's digitally opened and digitally closed. They trust no one. And uh, they said, look, you can come back tomorrow and get your refund, no no problem, or you, you can go and see it again for free. And... Uh, <laughs> This lady said, and she wasn't joking, either. she said, I can't believe this. And the night after Barack Obama was elected and everything. <laughs> it was amazing. I, well, I, I, I had a very similar experience. I didn't draw on anything from uh, world politics, but they offered to let me go to a later screening. And I was like, I'm, I'm not going to sit around for one hour or even walk around for one hour. So I was like, I'll just get a refund. So I had to go to the lady. Everyone speaks perfect English, by the way. I'm obviously the, the, the idiot who doesn't speak the local language. Does everyone speak perfect English? Yeah, yeah. Like, mm. you, like these, these are all young people working in a cinema. They're in their 20s, like literally perfect English. Are they hot? Yes. And so I went to the, uh, the uh, lady selling tickets and I was like, yeah, I need to get a refund on this ticket. And she, so I showed her my phone. I showed her the thing and she was like, there's just one. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah, 
it's just me. It's just, and she's like, oh, <laughs> okay. How dare she? How dare she? <laughs> but how could you be confused? <laughs> like she's the first time she'd ever seen someone go to the cinema by themselves. I am sick of people <laughs> taking pops at the solo cinema going community. It's the it's the superior way to go. Just because you can't walk around the place on your own, lady. I, I seriously that as I said previously, like I think in Croatia. Although when I went to see Multiverse of Madness, I saw like kind of overweight middle-aged guy by himself and i was like oh, nice thank, one of us thank god <laughs> thank god i should have sat next to him actually put one my hand us. on his knee that's what i should have done but outstanding but yeah so i never got to go and see that so <laughs> i'm probably never going to watch it at this rate i because i i saw there was a zeitgeist happening around the fourth uh, season of the show ozarks so i said maybe i'll just i'll try just binging something uh, and just, just see, can I just eat that up? Because I, I remember watching it initially when uh, it came out and being kind of bored by episode like four and never going back to it. But I always hear people talking about it, so I dove in. Indeed, I was bored mid-season, but having just finished season one, I'm going to continue with my binging experiment because uh, some gnarly shit goes down. Let's and now, there, there, make no mistake about about it. This is Jason Bateman, Laura Linney. Uh, starring in a Breaking Bad ripoff of sorts, but the story is different enough that you could just say it's a—it's almost a Breaking Bad tribute, and it's more grounded in soap opera slash the real world than Breaking Bad is. Breaking Bad is, you know, I mean, it takes a lot of flourishes. You know what I mean? It's a stylish world, let's say. But I have to say, yeah, some major shit goes down at the end of season one, pulled me right in, and I have heard that season three, four. Is four, some, four, is, four is the bad one, as far as I understand. Is the what? Four is the bad one. Is what? It's I've not heard. good. That's what I've heard. I've heard like season four is the last one, right? I've yes. heard. Yeah, yeah. The, I've heard a lot of criticism. I don't know anything about the characters. You see, I've it, seen it a was lot something of good to reviews. do with. Okay, what I've heard is something about lady, lady baddies was the um, the main criticism I heard. Oh, so like it's something you know, in that area. A pussy criticism, basically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all like the g- ladies are bad. Why are all the ladies bad? No, no, no. I no, 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 no. It's not that. It's like that the bad, the baddies being ladies weren't very effective. It's, they weren't competent it's, baddies. It's or they weren't very believable. Is is what I heard. I don't know. It was like a sexist criticism. I haven't watched the show. There are some baddie morons in season one. That like make some decisions that like at the start it's annoying, but then I suppose the guys who play them play them effectively as morons. And you're like, I know morons like that. I think we've spoken about this before, which is that like, you know, I mean, all the criminals that get caught, yeah, like 80% of them are probably yeah. just stupid people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we never the other hear guys about don't the good get ones. caught at all. Never hear about the best criminals. Yes. Um, I got two more movies I want to talk about before we get to the doctor. Have you got anything else? Well, no, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I rewatched the first Doctor Strange, but we'll get to that when we talk about Multiverse of Madness. Apart from that, this is just, um, this is not a a full review. I'll just say that I've, I finally started watching Bosch. <laughs> oh hell yeah! So I'm, and I, I think I started yesterday. I've already watched like the first seven episodes of season <laughs> one, <laughs> and I'll just say like, because you were talking about like book, like watching books basically and that's, that's is, right and yeah and that, yeah. this is exactly the type of show that i want i mean i put bosch off for years but now that it's finished i'm it's kind of great, on board 
But this is this and Reacher are exactly the shows that I want. I want. Oh yeah. So if anyone else has any serialized kind of like airport novel shows, especially if they're not made by um kind of network TV, then that's probably favorable to me. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch Jack Ryan? I've watched season one of Jack Ryan. I haven't because I heard in generally that two was not as good. So I was like, all right, I'll shelf that for now. But I really enjoyed season one of Jack Ryan. I thought it was great. Yeah, I'm happy to like, like, and with Bosch specifically, like if I start watching a season of Bosch, I'm going to inhale that in three or four days. How many seasons are you in with Bosch? I've only got two left. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm saving them a little bit. Are they all of similar quality? The first five? Yeah, for me, it's never let me down. Nice. They've got some I'm slight characters that. that carry over and some slight maybe arcs from season before that'll show up again. But normally, most of the time, it's not most of the time, all the time, as in some of the previous cases will still be around, but they yeah, won't be yeah. the premium case in the next season. So it's literally like a series of novels. It's That's great. all I want. I just want, yeah, like ten ep- eight or ten episodes that's just a book. And like it is like because he's great, he's all troubled and like his daughter is the best girl in the world and he's always trying to protect her. It's just okay. I I don't even want to hear anymore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much. It's fantastic. Big fan. Glad you're getting around to it. Um, Yeah. I'll throw it down a Bosch on the TV list. I'll get one watched soon enough that we like. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'll probably have watched the whole thing by then. So yeah, I, I have two films that I would like to recommend a lot to people a lot a lot a lot uh first is ty west's horror film slash film set on a porno set x that came out this year this is a highly enjoyable slasher film with a little bit to say but mostly it just wants to have fun it's fantastic so basically a stripper who wants to be a porno uh, actress with her boyfriend uh, bugger off out into the woods with uh, two porn actors um, and a cinematographer and the cinematographer's girlfriend. And they end up staying at this farmhouse that has a guest house and that's where they're going to do all the fucking in there. They're, the farmhouse is owned by this old man and his uh, old lady wife and there's pictures around them where they used to be young and beautiful and... Yeah, it's a slasher film. You know what happens in slasher films. You know, you get inventive deaths and one by one people get picked off. Um, But then there's just this just beautiful theme running through it as well of like youth and beauty and where it goes. And that part of it is like, it's really moving. Like there's this part in the middle of it one of the porno actresses when they're done shooting for the day she sings a version of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac it had me in tears I <laughs> really found it very very moving but also just massively fun and then I found out I found out also that while shooting this they also shot a direct prequel to the film uh, called Pearl I believe which is also which is going to come out I mean so like it's an A24 film so they bankrolled it all so confident must they have been in the idea it's a really really top idea well executed uh, for a slasher film directed by a guy called Ty West who's done a bunch more other stuff uh, low budget yeah, he's done a lot of low budget horror hasn't he I've heard him on yeah. a bunch of podcasts years ago I remember he seemed like quite a funny guy yeah, what Ty West? Ty West, yeah, <clears throat> he used to, he did like a bunch around um, South by Southwest years ago when he was screening his films there. I remember. Oh my God! I just realized the main porn star is Kid Cudi. Oh yeah, good for him. Fair enough, man. 
Yeah, and also uh, goes without saying, some nice ladies in this. Yuck. <laughs> and one that I had not been that interested in, and I have to say, it really surprised me. And anybody who anybody who looks or looks at the poster for or has heard of at all the film Paul Schrader's film First Reformed, don't find out anything more about the film. I mean, on the for, certainly for the first hour, it's almost exactly what you think it is, and then it turns into something else. And it's it's a really really engrossing film. Like it starts out being sort of a film with a perfect setup. So you've got Ethan Hawke's kind of troubled priest who's keeping it. He's keeping a journal, so you got a voiceover for yourself there. A, oh, a voice, a very intense voiceover. You'd love it. Um, and basically, he's an alcoholic. He's lost his family. Um, so he's trying to find, I don't know, redemption in serving the church. But it's essentially just, a, he has like a tourist church where nobody ever really goes. It's not that functional. And then he's approached by this lady, played by Amanda Seyfried, who's pregnant. And she's looking for counselling for her husband, who's a radical environmentalist, kind of like a, almost like a Travis Bickle character, just sees total despair. And he's trying to get her to abort the child because he's like, who could, you know, who could be in favour of bringing a child into this world? Mm. So that's the setup. I won't say anything more about where it goes, but it will surprise you. It's shot beautifully. Absolutely spectacular stuff with a one-one ratio and just... Really, really well composed. Ethan Hawke again. He's just he's just churning out the great performances. As far as I'm concerned, we're going to have three of his films to talk about next week. Probably the three he's most famous for. But um, yeah, highly, highly recommend Paul Schrader's second to last outing. And I'm definitely going to seek out the the card counter as soon as I can. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I got Isaac. hold of it with Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I have a, a copy of that ready to ready to go. I unfortunately yeah. made the mistake of reading the plot synopsis to First Reformed ages oh, ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I know what happens. It sounds very interesting. I wish I hadn't read the plot synopsis, so I can definitely back that up of don't read the plot synopsis because like, it is it's, it's super interesting. It Yeah, yeah. The direction it goes is really it had me two or three times in it going, what the fuck? And there's one... Tw- and like, here's the thing. So it, the camera hardly moves hardly moves at all most of the time it's still and just composed shots until the final shot and they're like and it's one one photographer uh, photography so it's a square box and you're looking at people moving around within it and then there is one twist in it that i like i've never seen a twist executed like that basically with still photography and somebody walks into the photograph but um yeah yeah it's great really really highly recommended and i'm gonna just yeah, I'm going to try and see more of Paul Schrader's stuff. I don't know why I don't watch more of it. He's, you know, he's, he's still one of cranking the, them out. Well, I mean, he's in also, his 70s. He is. And he's, you know, I mean, he's clearly never stopped making films the way he wants to make them. Because this is a Paul Schrader joint, start to finish, from, because uh, I've only seen his more famous works. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the kind of thing he might have written for Martin Scorsese in the 70s, for real. It's that like interesting of a of a story. Yeah, I remember watching things like Blue Collar and going like, yeah, I could probably don't need to watch. You know, that that was mm. fine, but I was like, yeah, I don't really need to watch everything he's made. Blue Collar isn't is like not a great one for me to be honest. Yeah, it's okay. it definitely wasn't my cup of tea. It was fine, but it's just kind of just middle of the road. Anyway, that's what I got. And apart from that, I did of course go to the cinema to see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. 
I have no idea what you thought of this film. Do you have any <laughs> idea what I thought of this film? No, but I thought maybe we should touch on the original Doctor Strange and the right, universe of reasonable, reasonably normalness. So I watched that. Um, I think I wa- recently enough. Anyway, I watch. I've watched it within the last three or four months. I would say this was my first rewatch since the cinema. Since the first time, I was just. Uh, I remember really enjoying it in the cinema. I think I may have even watched it in three D. Hmm. I can't remember, but a good I remember one watching three D. I'd say. Yeah, I remember really enjoying the visuals. It's Great a visual. traditional origin film, pretty similar to Iron Man. Arrogant arsehole becomes caring hero eventually. Directed by Scott Derrickson and written by C. Robert Cargill, who were sort of well known for Sinister. Actually, Cargill, I remember because he, great. I remember um, I remember Cargill because he used to like he was a film reviewer for years and years. He was called Mass Massa Worm. He was mm. on like. Ain't It Cool News and some of those other sites. So it always blew my mind when he finally became like a celebrated screenwriter and, you know, and ended up getting a Marvel job as with his friend Scott Derrickson. But It's quite a crossover to manage. It has to be said, it's the one that all film critics probably wish they could do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, Scott Derrickson and, and Cargo worked on uh, Sinister, which was, you know, pretty dark. It's a pretty, pretty dark, pretty bleak piece of, uh, piece of horror film. And so oh, it's they got. Great. I love cinema. Well, hold on. That's the one where Ethan Hawke is a writer who moves his family into this horrible house, right? Yeah, and you've got James uh, Ransome from The yeah, Wire. Scary Ziggy as again. fuck that movie. Yeah, and they made a sequel, at least one sequel that I've never seen. But yeah, I remember enjoying the first Sinister. I thought it was pretty good. But it was still very shocking that they got Doctor Strange off of the back of that. Mm. But then that was where that was what Marvel was aiming at at that time. I think they've changed their scope further now to go for kind of a24 types and with as much diversity as as they possibly can um yeah the original doctor strange i thought the inception style world bending holds up some of the cg some of the fx look a little ropey nowadays yeah. but there are some excellent action scenes i really enjoyed the 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 hong kong sequence the the backward action fight yes I thought Which that was, was great, and I also thought the thing with him tricking the god in the other dimension was, yeah, that's a, I was, a whole, was fun. I liked it. I've come to bargain thing is uh, is fun. Mm. He also toned down the humor quite a lot in this one. There's a few lines, but in general, they're not going full on for, you know, there's the whole, like, Mr. Doctor thing, which is very yeah, fun. Yeah. That's it. But that's, you know, it's, 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 it's toned down compared to some of the other films. Tilda Swinton, for me, is the real linchpin here. There was a huge backlash against her casting, I remember. Yes, as that's the, right, as the because she's one. not it from was, Asia. Yeah, it's very much like a piece of whitewashing. But then off the back of this, you've got Tilda Swinton, Chiwetel Ejiofor, the two Benedicts, Cumberbatch and Wong. That's four Shakespearean actors. Like they've all done huge amounts of Shakespeare. Mm. <laughs> you've got You've got a certain, there's one scene where the four of them are all talking to each other, interacting, and it's like, this is four British Shakespearean actors getting paid huge sums of money to pretend to be silly characters. Yeah, to talk absolute <laughs> and it, arse. It, it's just, it's such overkill, but you're going like, fucking hell, these are great actors being reasonably poorly used here. Although it is, I mean, it's still fun. I really enjoy the original Doctor Strange. I think Mads Mikkelsen is a good baddie. He's, again, he's perhaps not used as much as he could be and... There's not a lot of depth to what I he's trying to do. I can barely remember. For some reason, I can barely remember him in it. What the, what's his deal? Why is he he's so mad? Called, he's called Caecilius. 
he's angry, spoilers for the original Doctor Strange, because the Ancient One has lied to him and the other people at Camertage because she claims to not draw power from the dark dimension, but in reality she does, and that's how she's stayed alive for so long. Son of a bitch. And so he wants to open up the dark di- the dark dimension because he wants to live forever. I guess so. That. He's angry about that, basically. But yeah, that I th- I really enjoyed rewatching the original Doctor Strange. I thought it's a it's a pretty breezy affair. Uh, they almost cast Joaquin Phoenix. Apparently, he came very close to being Doctor Strange. There was a uh, bunch I think they of made other the right people. move. Yeah, they always wanted Cumberbatch. At least that's how they tell it. But there was a few people, and Joaquin Phoenix was one of the closest. Oh, and um, doesn't uh, yeah, sure, because he's in the second one as well. Uh, M- Michael Stahlberg. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's. There's a lot more to him in the original yeah. film. He There's, doesn't look like such a damp loser. He's, he's not a complete arsehole. <laughs> they, he, he de- uh, and uh, we'll get into that in the sequel. There's a few... There's uh, So Doctor Strange, the original, ends kind of set up for a sequel to go interesting places. The mm. mid credit scene sets up Baron Mordo as this baddie that's going to be hunting down all the, all the people that are using magic to cure themselves like this, uh, the guy who's cured his broken back the uh jonathan pangborn mm. and so the original idea that scott derrickson had for the sequel it was going to introduce nightmare apparently which i don't know anything about these marvel characters but nor i the sequel was originally supposed to delve into that and it was going to be this really dark it was going to be this really dark kind of a24 gothic horror like the witch or hereditary or something like that and it was supposed to be it was supposed to be kind of moving away from this interconnected marvel universe oh well i like that well that that was the original plan for Mm. multiverse of madness or or what would have been multiverse of madness is what i'm saying and And that just that just never came to pass yeah because Mm. what they wanted was they wanted to rein it in and then tie it into another uh, property which turned out to be wandavision yeah. So that leads us to the 28th MCU film. And as I said before, I've seen them all and the six TV series. I uh, I need to get a life. This is the fifth film of phase four. Can you yeah, believe do, that? Do you feel, but do you feel like you just don't have a choice anymore? There is a bit of that because... I and just can't I th- not watch them. <laughs> I think you made a good point when we were talking about No Way Home is that these aren't films anymore. I've I've started to come around to you to what you said of like, this is not a film any. These are not films anymore. This film requires you to have watched WandaVision. And even yes. as someone who watched WandaVision, the fact that I had seen that TV series made the narrative, one of the narrative choices immediately within the first 15 minutes, I was like, uh, wait a minute. That's not why. Like I, my what, takeaway. F- yeah. The, my takeaway from the end of that show was it had a reasonably feel good ending. And then mm. about 15 minutes into this film, you're like, whoa, okay. This nice little uh, orchard is turning into a big fiery pit, and well, she's see, a big baddie. I'll come at it from a different direction. First of all, okay. I would I would contend that this is more of a film than No Way Home. Um, yes, I would agree with that, but it is still heavily tied into it things is. around it. So, like, right, when um, Taiki Waititi was uh, um, doing the promotion for Thor Ragnarok, he and the, have, have you seen the trailer for Love and Thunder? Yeah, yeah. Like, that looks like just a completely its own thing. So when he was doing the press for Thor Ragnarok, he was like, he, he very exclusively said, I literally could not have given less of a shit uh, where the rest of the MCU was before or after my film. And honestly, that kind of, 
that stands up when you watch the film a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, like fair enough, he's got, uh, like, he hooks up with the Hulk, but, like, clearly what uh, Taiki Waititi did was he just read a bunch of Hulk comics, he landed on the best one, Planet my favourite one as well, Planet Hulk, and he said, yeah, let's figure out a way to do that, and it'll be loads of fun. It'll be like a 70s sci-fi, like, fucking Flash Gordon. That's what he's going for. And I think, kind of... Sam Raimi, I don't know, did he did he write this? So it was this was written by Michael Waldron. We talked about Waldron before because he wrote he's Loki, right? yeah he wrote Loki, but he's a Dan Harmon guy. He yes. worked on Community and Rick and Morty, and so when Derrickson, Derrickson left the project to go and do the Black Phone, which is coming out next month, I believe it's got Ethan Hawke. It's another low budget kind of A twenty four horror thing. I think it's A24, I'm not sure. It looks excellent. It looks really, really good. So Derrickson oh, good. left to go right. and do that. That's another Ethan Hawke uh, number. But then they hired Raimi, they hired Waldron, and because of COVID, they had extra time to basically write this whole new script, essentially. And uh, that was when, I think that's when they really so started building they wrote the it together with WandaVision. As far as I'm aware, yeah. But I, I'm, well, no, I don't know if Raimi wrote it. I think it might just be Waldron. Let me check. It was written by... Yeah, it's just Michael Waldron who's okay. uh, credited. The stuff that I predicted would irk me in this did not irk me. That's one thing I would like to start with. So they end up going to this other universe and we meet... Uh, well, I'll just say it. They meet Black Bolt, uh, who I don't know who plays him. Um, uh, Anson Mount. Apparently he played him in The Inhumans? yes. He did, yeah, but uh, yeah, but anyway, Black Bolt's deal is he play, he's an inhuman. He lives on the moon. He can't talk because his voice will kill you. John Krasinski's uh, as Reed Richards, which I thought these, these are all massive spoilers. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we've already war- we warned you at the start. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, John Krasinski's Krasinski Reed Richards as Reed Richards, from and then Patrick Four. Stewart comes back as Professor X. Yes. Now this, I don't think it's doing the same thing. It's not doing the same thing as No Way Home. It's just. It's okay. Fair enough. They could have picked a different actor, but that is. But the thing is, Charles Xavier is kind of a baddie in this. Charles Xavier comes out in his iconic yellow wheelchair, floaty wheelchair, and the music goes, and that's not fan service. That's very fan service. No, 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 no. Fair enough. Fair enough. And also. Krasinski is Reed Richards like that's fan service because that's what the internet was saying for was saying forever and ever is like we want we want uh we John want Krasinski him is. yeah we want him and his wife cast as the two main roles I see I did not know that what's her name Emily Blunt they, the, you know fans were saying like yeah we want those two as Reed Richards and what's her name Sue Storm yeah yeah so like I think by putting him in this they were like okay now we can clean the slate. Our next Reed Richards can be someone completely different, probably younger. Huh. Okay, fair enough. So it was just like silencing people that were desperate of going like, I want Jim from the office to be able to stretch and stuff. What can I say? It didn't irk me so much. I, I, I've read an awful lot of X-Men comics, right? Not X-Men comics. I've read an awful lot of Marvel comics. And there's two ways that they go. So you've got your grand arcs that tie together loads of things. Probably the most famous one ever was Civil War. No, probably Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is actually a DC one. But anyway, I digress. Secret Wars is another big one that combines all the different heroes. Um, And they're cool and interesting to read. But then as I got older and deeper into comics, I preferred 
you know, arcs per characters, or maybe with two characters max. Spider-Man and, um, what's his chops? Uh, Deadpool have got some good arcs together, for example. Spider-Man and Daredevil too. And I felt like this had more of a f- more of that kind of feel, which is why I was interested in it. Fair enough, those boys that they tacked in there, they just tacked them in there to tack them in there, right? But if you kind of remove them, you have Doctor Strange off in this other weird world, which is kind of a little bit fun. The mm-hmm. Wanda stuff, what I was not there for, it just kind and not even the fact that they flipped her over into being a baddie. It it's that they flipped her over into being a baddie with they made her even though you're there with her kids and stuff like that. She, <laughs> her character who wants who apparently wants to be reunited with her children is just so devious and evil as to be kind of like almost a Ming the Merciless type figure. You can't see any maternity in her at all. She you know does, I mean? uh, yeah, she basically like nukes. I, the, there's a number of people that she turns to to pulp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she's just a she, nasty woman. Yeah, she's, she's definitely not a goodie. Like I said, I came away from the WandaVision TV series going like, She's kind of redeemed herself. She was responsible for the bad things that were happening. Mm. I didn't really pay attention to the fact, I guess, that she got hold of the dark hold there at the end of the series. Mm. I don't think that really clicked for me. So maybe that's a failure of me as a viewer or of one division of going. No, maybe that part just kind of got past. Book. It just kind of got past me the importance of of that. So when the when that narrative twist c- came, it was a bit of like sort of. I wasn't ready for it as a viewer, mm. and I didn't want to go along with it a little bit. It just felt forced to me. Now, things that I absolutely loved about it were I, the visuals, all the very Raimi stuff, how propulsive it was, how it shocked you in different ways and different parts. The, the fight with the monster with one eye and when they yucked his eye out and it was gross. I really enjoyed all of that stuff. And yeah, I actually I did really enjoy when they went to the uh, other dimension the dark one, like yeah, the, yeah. the second place. Exactly, where yeah. they've run into Charles Xavier and all that shit. Oh, no, that one. Which one are you talking about? I liked when he went to the kind of dark, the darky dark one, where he ran into, like, another version of himself. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like yeah. that. I didn't like the, uh, I didn't like the sort of clean soy <laughs> place that they end up in before that. I didn't like that because it didn't feel like particularly strong world building to me. When you're just popping in between multiverses, I don't think you need the strong world building. Do you know what I this s- this this reminded me of Hot Tub Time Machine 2, <laughs> and I guarantee that very few people have seen that, but that's the level of world building that it felt like. And I I recently rewatched um Back to the Future 2. I know that's and that is that is multiversal, hmm. and it, it, it is, holds yeah. up. It holds up very well, and the world building, the like attention to detail, they give you a they give you more to work with. And I just think it would have been nicer. They did a couple of bits and pieces in this, but that that world, the the kind of main world that they go to, just felt incredibly bland to me. Just lacked details. Just felt a bit faceless. The part of the film that did feel uh, very bland to me um, is the big defense of the wizard fortress near the end where they're all, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Basically, oh, I feel like I've edited that out of my brain. What? I don't even remember that bit. 
No, no, sorry. It's not. <laughs> talk, talk me it's through. It's not it. at the end. It's not. Oh, at the yeah. End, okay, actually. okay, okay. It's the in one the middle, at the start. When Wanda attacks near the, the, star. the wizard fortress. Yeah, I don't think that was that bland. It felt a bit Shang-Chi, maybe, just because of where it was. But, like, I don't know. It's her... Yeah, I guess. It wasn't too bad. I, it was kind of shocking that she was obliterating people, maybe. I'll tell you what sucks, man, is um, that uh, Tony Stark and Steve Rogers are dead. <laughs> <laughs> that blows. Can't, can't we just have them again, for real? <laughs> anyway like this is I think what repercussions there'll be in the later MCU is that I think the storyline known as House of M just happened in their own way I think those worlds kind of collided a bit what, I don't, what is that is that the thing with Clea who appears at the end with Clea the uh, Charlize Theron at the end Oh right, I had no idea who she was. I don't <laughs> yeah, okay. recognize. I I just assumed that you've you've know way more about I had no the idea comic who she side was. of things. I had a very similar experience with the end of Eternals. You see, oh, this is a problem God. for Marvel. Harry they're Styles. Run, they're running out of recognizable people. You're supposed to recognize that person. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. Did you There's... look up Clea? Yeah, I yeah, don't know. yeah. I clicked a few things. I don't know. It's a, she's like a she's some. Stephen Strange attached person. It's got something to do with stopping multiversal collision, blah, 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 whatever they talk about. Again, I, I if they lay it out for me in a film or something, I, I, even me who's, who's watched everything so far, I kind of refuse to do any further. I'm not going to do deep dives into these characters. Like, I have to ask, do you think, because I liked this more than you, but still... Do you think there's any way we can ever escape from the MCU and not be addicted to watching everything? Or compelled, rather? No, I still feel that uh, even if I don't love the properties, I still... I don't really regret watching them. There's Mm. always something in there that I like. You see, I I don't even know why I'm asking this. I suppose it's kind of residue from when I was talking about Spider-Man with you, because I liked this more than Spider-Man. Did you like this more than Spider-Man? In retrospect, I enjoyed Spider-Man at the time, but then... As time has moved on, that's faded. And I, when I rewatched Spider Man, all the criticisms that, that you had, especially at the time, became much clearer. I guess this just felt a bit bland, a little bit to me. Or the Raimi that we, I guess, both love from like Drive Me to Hell and stuff like that. He felt like he was trying to introduce those elements, but his his hands were tied a little bit because it had to I be so connected was, to what I was thought there were it. elements of that in it. There were, absolutely. There's mad stuff here that I can't believe Disney signed off on, which is like all the zombie stuff, like a dead Doctor Strange flying around. It's a little bit rehashing some of What If. I don't know if you watched all of that. Did you no, watch I didn't what watch if? any of it. A, a lot of it is similar to what happens in this film, especially when they, you know, like um, Hayley Atwell playing Captain Carter. There's a whole episode of What If about that. Yeah. There's a whole thing about uh, Doctor Strange kind of collapsing multiverses, Ultron traveling through multiverses trying to kill everyone. There's Oh um, yeah, cuz uh, yeah, yeah, the Ultron bots are in this. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of crossover with what if that to me kind of felt when I was watching this I was like, eh, "I wish I'd seen um the other, you know, I wish I'd seen whatever Scott whatever Scott Derrickson and um Cargill were going to do." Like, that would have been more interesting to me, maybe. Wanda emerging from reflections was a very cool horror effect, I thought. It w- this must, like, this would be very scary for kids. Yeah. 
I would this say so. This is not for kids. This is a, it's a dark, it's this dark Sam Raimi film. And also, when the universe is collapsing, the other universe, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, like that's spooky as fuck to me anyway. Yeah. Like basically, the world is ending. The other world. Who gives yeah, a fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's not the world we watch movies of. There's a wor- There's a universe collapsing. Can you imagine how, how, how did you um, be to be How did a- you watch this? How did I watch it? Yeah, what was your... The reason I'm asking is because I saw it in 3D. Oh, no, I didn't... Are they still releasing films in 3D? In Croatia, they are. Huh. <laughs> I can tell you that. I mean, My I options saw- were to watch this in 3D, 4DX, or to wait multiple hours and watch it in 2D. What's 4DX? 4DX is the thing where there's about 16 seats in the cinema and it moves around like a roller coaster. What? I've seen, I saw Ready, uh, Ready Player One in 4DX. It was pretty good because it was like playing, it was like being on like a really shitty Steven Spielberg roller coaster. The cinema moves around. Yeah, that your sounds seat like moves the most around. gimmicky thing ever. It is extremely gimmicky. They spray water in your face. Uh, I think they maybe even have smells Jizz. or something. They got yeah, smells. I think so. I might be making that up. I can't remember. I've seen a few things because when I, years ago when I was a Cineworld member in the UK, I used to get to go to 4dx things for like a quid or something so i would do it for from time to time uh it's mostly been bad experiences ready player one was the only good one anyway i avoided that i did i avoided that for this because i thought that this will that would be traumatic so i watched it in 3d it's a typical 3d post conversion very very murky very dark wasn't very good but i did see the trailer for avatar that's what i was gonna ask the trailer for Avatar 2 in 3D is amazing. It's exactly what I remember of the original oh Avatar. Oh my god, I was so and excited I think to see that. It'll be I think it'll I think it'll work. I think it'll hold up despite the fact that there's not a lot of cultural relevance to Avatar. There's not a huge amount of weight to it. The when are people 3D ever going to learn? Good. Do not write off James Cameron. On a, on a completely unrelated note, I saw the trailer to Dan Trachtenberg's Prey today, the Predator oh, sequel. the Predator movie. Prequel, even. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward that to that. Look? It looks good. It looks fine. It's just, it's a little teaser. Um, I that's love gonna be, I think it's going to be released. That's an excellent film. Prey's going to be released directly onto Hulu in August, I think. Sweet. Okay. Do you want to talk some cast for this fucker? Yeah. Cumblebomb Bimberbatch. It's kind of mad that he became a leading man. It is, yeah. It's unusual. Because uh, I think we've talked about this before. I, I first came to know of him as the antagonistic shite bag from... Yeah, yeah, he's the dick. Atonement the and Starter for cunt. 10. Yeah, how did yeah. he... Beca- I guess it was Sherlock. Well, he's the pedo in Atonement. And yeah. Starter for 10, he's just the douche. He's, he's, yeah, he's like a dick. Although he's probably... Mate. That character's probably a pedo too. <laughs> yes. Guaranteed. Uh, and I'd but, say the pedo from Atonement is probably a douche too. <laughs> yes, I think there's a, there's a large crossover in the pedo douche circle. Just a bad egg, you know. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I he's fine. I, I've most of this of talking about the cast. I've written all the names of all the cast members, and mostly mm. next to them, I've said fine, <laughs> okay, mm. barely in it. So yeah, Cumberbatch is fine. Elizabeth Olsen, what do you think about her? I think she's a, a hot piece of ass. Um, I think fair play to her for uh, shadowing her sisters, who are twins, who everybody thought would be she's massively uh, overtaking them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now they're they're a laughing stock at People Thanksgiving. Are like, who? The Olsen twins? You mean they're Elizabeth Olsen's sisters? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she gets the biggest piece of chicken at the table, for sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, she's daddy. grand. I mean, she does her ridiculous Russian accent thing. Which, well, what? The, like, now you've you went back and rewatched the whole MCU more or less, right? Before at some point, I got far. I got far enough. Yeah, hasn't her? Because I I remember here reading that her accent is all over the place. If you watch the films, well, like they, early on in the films, she's like Russian or something. They drop her accent. She right. gets an American it, it accent. It ca- kind of came back here again, though, right? Mm. But then she drops the American accent to be a baddie. Oh, okay, like, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he's like, hey, Wanda, how are you doing? How you doing, Doctor <laughs> Strange? And he's like, wait a minute, you're a baddie. Yes, I baddie. You, you, <laughs> you've got me. I baddie. <laughs> well, that has no relevance in uh, in the modern world. So, And now, come on, this is not Fictional. a geopolitical podcast. Although <laughs> we should start a geopolitics <laughs> yes. podcast for sure. That's right, but only only in relation to the MCU. Do you think like Marvel had a meeting about the war in Ukraine and the accent? Yes. It's like with their baddies again now. What do you think we should do? I think we should insert a new scene where she adopts the accent to be a baddie. I think we That's should delete Black Widow from our back catalog. Oh, hell yeah. I just remembered Black Widow with uh, <laughs> Ray Winston. Doing, oh, God, that's very funny. Going his full Russian. It's so funny. And uh, David Harbour doing a big ridiculous one as well. <laughs> he was a fun one. Do you know anyway, who David Harbour is married to? Uh, who? Lily Allen. Oh, yeah. That's, Isn't that uh, a bizarre meeting of worlds? Weird. Yeah, yeah. That's extremely weird. Weird. Anyway, in, uh, <laughs> another Londoner, another another English person, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yes, who's, uh, I mean, he's barely in this, really. Well, you know what I wrote next to his name? Barely in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It almost seems like, why at all? I think that was just because they felt Contract? they had the obligation. But that, that now that you mention it, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's probably just a contract thing because there's literally no reason to bring him back. This is what I, I mean that felt kind of hot tub time machine too. Again, referencing a film no one has seen except me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not that bad. It is bad. It's not that bad. I like but, the first one. Yeah, the first one's fine. The first one's like most people have seen, I would say, or a lot of people have seen. No one has seen Hot Tub Time Machine 2. Um, but yeah, this felt a bit like that. <laughs> what a statement. <laughs> this character, you're seeing him, like they brought him back to just be like, hey, I'm not like how you remember me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, di- I'm a different guy and I quite like the main character now. <laughs> to be fair, he's not massively in the first one either going back and watching it. No, but then they just tee him off as a villain at the end. It's weird. Because they're tied to the comics. Again, I haven't read anything. I don't know who Baron Mordo is outside of these films, but still. Loser. Benedict Wong. And how can you have two Benedicts working together with each other? It's mad. And one of them called Wong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And (laughs) the name of his character is Wong too, no? That's correct. He's called Wong. Yeah, I, yeah. He's 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 grown in stature. It's mad to think of him. He was in the sitcom Fifteen Stories High with friend of the show Sean Locke back in the early two thousands. And wasn't he also? Didn't he do um, a Street Countdown or something in the IT crowd? I think he was the presenter of that. He was definitely in a bunch of things like that. Yeah. He's in a lot of sort of British sitcom stuff of the two thousands. But then also did Shakespeare. And who could forget? He is one of the characters from Prome- Prometheus. <laughs> He's not the guy who took off his helmet when, when they arrived on the alien planet. Ah, God. Went, Even just now like that we've brought breathe. it up. I'm I like, because the thing is, 
it's not the actual thesis and the story of Prometheus that makes it bad. It's the shitty characters and the shitty writing. And I feel, and you know what? I I bet the people who got blamed aren't actually to blame because Damon Lindelof went off and created some amazing stuff after that. Like, uh, but uh, then you've just got, what's his name? Sean Harris just going, oh, like rocks. And then the, the other guy seeing an alien snake thing and going, hey, little fella. Hey, it's play? insanely dumb. Yeah. Like, the actual thesis with the weird fucking men who look like statues, they were spooky, and I actually yeah. liked that fact that that was a story that wasn't fully explained, but it was just the moronic characters that ruined it. It's funny it. That, that, like, they made it, <laughs> Ridley Scott made it two films into the trilogy, and it was just so bad he had to drop it. <laughs> yeah. Because Alien anyway. Covenant, oof. Anyway, next up is, uh, Ch- I don't know how to pronounce her name, I apologize in advance. Oh, wait, Ch- there's, Ch- there's, there's a great um, line in Alien Covenant that we should remember where Michael Fassbender says to a clone of himself, yeah, I'll do the fingering. I'll do the fingering. <laughs> also, a, a thing I, I enjoy in that is it's another film where someone looks at like an image of James Franco, I think, similar to in like the second Planet of the Apes film. Or is it in the first Planet of the Apes? No, it must be in the second Planet of the Apes film. Someone looks at a picture of James yeah. Franco. <laughs> it is, yeah. Caesar goes back to his old house. <laughs> I remember everyone in the cinema just laughing at him looking at a photo of James Franco. Because <laughs> you've never seen like a guy just not look like a character in a film before. You're just like, that is a photo of James Franco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There's yeah, a bit yeah. of that as well in Alien Covenant. Uh, I don't think they cut the, his scene from Alien Covenant, actually. That's funny when just the charisma takes over what the film is meant to be. <laughs> yeah. It's like what I was talking about last week with... Uh, Jack Nicholson in bed with an old lady in yeah. Schmidt, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Jack Nicholson. Anyway. Yeah, so next up is, uh, I think it's Chuchitl Chuchitl Gomez, who plays uh, America Chavez. Yeah. I, okay, now, I just, I just oh, want, go. I, okay, I'm going <laughs> to, let me just couch this in me saying, I like, div- I like diversity. I think it's good. But she, uh, she struck me as someone who'd won a competition. Yeah, she's not good in the film. She's not a. She's got this Dora the Explorer vibe. I was oh my not God. a big. You've actually nailed it. That's exactly what it is. She's I, not I wasn't good in a the big film. fan. I don't know if that's her acting or if that's how the character is written. But yeah, and you know that um st- that uh, scene with the flashback to her mammies. Like mm-hmm. no, I was in no way emotionally involved with that at all. And I am a sucker. I am a total sucker. You do not have to work hard to get me on some parent shit. And this was a this was a character that um, I think some of the Middle East had problems with. Uh, they wanted Marvel to to cut the character because she had two she, mammies. Uh, not only that, she's also gay. They don't address that in the film, but huh. like that's the in the 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 com- the characters from like twenty eleven, I think. So it's a pretty modern character. She's got two. She's got a gay mother. She's gay. Um, I don't. I don't like what that implies about the gay community. <laughs> that is. Is that is kind of mad, isn't it? It is a bit mad. It is a bit mad that, like, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's <clears> like they <throat> taught her. Because <laughs> it's statistically quite improbable. But then I. But is she from a planet where it's like two? Hey, women can are you have up child, there with a boy? <laughs> but she, I don't. I haven't read enough of that character. Like she could be from a planet where two women can have a child together. Everyone's gay. <laughs> like that planet, planet you're from. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> why you had to come to Earth. You got kicked off because you're so straight. Next up in the cast, Michael Stuhlbarg. I've written. Why even bother? 
<laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah, yeah. Fair. What, why? And they tried to sell it as like he got blipped out for five years, but he's just come back. He's just, they brought him back as this kind of wheedling kind of type of character. There's has no positive qualities. Yeah. And then going I mean, back and watching an the first film. The yeah, first in the first film, film he was like, he was uh, another surgeon who wasn't as good as Strange, but he wasn't a dick about it. Yeah, he's a doctor who fucks up. He's just up, a doctor, yeah. Mm. Rachel McAdams, I thought she had more about her in this one than in the first one. Yes, is less thankless, and she moved mm. on with her life, and honestly, her husband seems she like had a much nicer fella. Yeah, she had a bit more to do, and she and she did it. I like Rachel McAdams, I think. She, yeah, so do I. She's fine. She's a good actress. Patrick Stewart. Although she's in one of my... Well, no, I was about to say one of my least favorite films ever. She's in a film that I dislike intensely, and I'm only bringing it up because Enemy of the Show, John Spillane, loves it. She's in uh, About Time, which is a film I... Oh, I, I never re- watched that with the, the uh, Justin Timberlake and uh, Time on a wa- time on Your Watch. No, oh, no, 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 no you're, you're right, sorry. You What's did. that one? In Time. In hey, time. come on, that's pretty close. That I, I, pretty I, close yeah, no. no, no, yeah, the one with uh, Donald Gleeson and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that within the last couple of years. I just, like, because the thing is, I'm so up for being schmaltzed. And I know all schmaltz is manipulation. But, like, at least, I don't know, buy me dinner if you're going to manipulate me, you know? That one doesn't. That just jumps straight in and, you know, fucks you with the manipulation. And I don't That was like definitely that. not uh, among my favorite time travel films. I wasn't a huge fan. No, there you go. So, yeah, Patrick Stewart, I think we've already discussed... I don't know if you have anything more to say about that. He's looking a bit old now. He is, yeah. He's looking a, He's like getting a bit up there. A bit more like a scrotum these days. It's probably just as well that he had his wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> he arrived on set in that. Yeah, yeah. It's probably just as well as well John Krasinski remembered to bring his stretchy arms. Yeah, John Krasinski, I thought, was fairly... Uh, there wasn't much to him at all. Well, you see, the thing is... I'm just catching up to this because I don't yeah. know about internet stuff like you. So I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. John Krasinski <laughs> is Reed Richards. I had no idea yeah, people were pushing for this. A lot of people had the same idea. He uh. just, all of these, I mean, uh, Hayley Atwell. No, you see, this bugs me. This bugs Lashana me. Lashana like, Lynch, yeah. Mount. I mean, eh. Anyway. Yeah, so all those characters, they were just, it's all just a bit of a cheap ploy to, to then kill them off. I enjoyed the Black Bolt death scene. Yes. But that was about it. Next up, the one person who has to be in a Sam Raimi film. Oh, yeah, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. The, the almighty the chin legend. is in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Although that was I, quite a mean-spirited gag with him. Well, I mean, have you seen The Evil Dead? But the whole, like, so he's... Doctor Strange casts a spell on Bruce Campbell's character. Oh, yeah, so he'll punch himself in the face. Punch, for, yeah, punch him for three weeks. Yeah, yeah, like, that's Surely it should have been, like, Did you watch the post-credits scene? something. No, I walked out. I I heard about them. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I just I oh, read the about second them. scene is going to be a joke. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> they went for like, a, it's I've over. I've changed, man. You've changed too. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was a bit of a mean spirited gag, but you know, Raimi got Bruce Campbell back. That's all you need to have a successful film. And then the Charlie Charlie Theron was also in the credits. Apparently, didn't see that. So yeah, that's it. That's the cast. <laughs> What's the plot? Will we try and uh, improv our way through it, or see we how could? Much we remember? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I'm looking at the plot synopsis. 
And I, you tell me, you try and talk me through it a little oh, bit, God, and I'll. This sucks because I've I've been more on side of it than you, but I have since I have realized that I don't remember a whole lot of it. So I'm gonna try. Um, Do you remember how it starts? Well, it does. It starts with uh, Doctor Strange in his dream, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fighting this weird demon thing in some spectacular special effects, and then that wee Lady America is there, and he decides to kill her rather than letting this demon have her power, which is to she's able to jump Very between uh, universes in, in the multiverse. And then um, Strange wakes up covered in cum. He uh, goes to the bathroom, showers himself <laughs> which off. Was, and it was very brutal. I watched it in 3D. So you really caught every detail of that. <laughs> I believe that sequence was was uh, guest directed by Gaspar Noe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then um, he goes to down to work at the, I don't know, House of the Sorcerer Supremes, even though he's not the Sorcerer Supreme. There you go. No, Wong is. We, we learned that in uh, mm. No Way Home, I think. So... Yeah, and then he goes along to a wedding, but oh no, it turns out the wedding is uh, only Rachel McAdams. She's the one that got away because he was too busy saving the world. And uh, at that wedding, then Michael Stolberg shows up and his whole function of showing up is to just go, hey, uh, yeah, I know I'm a fucking loser, but um, didn't get the fucking lady, did you? You fucking prick. Which yeah, is that weird. is true. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does. He do, uh, yep. he looks like a homeless guy. Like, he, yeah, he's he the, those years have been rough on him. He yeah. says he was snapped, right? So he does, yeah. So he lost five years, but like, I mean, feels like he was aging. Five yeah, years what happened? At the same time, huh? So yeah, he got he he got blipped. But then anyway, they're at the reception, and um, Rachel McAdams and Strange have their little moment. He turns water into wine. Neat little trick. Um. <laughs> And then positioning he, himself in a in a worrying. <laughs> who does he think he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinks Actually, if you, Beatles, if you if you slow guy. down the frames, I have a special edition of the the film. And if you slow down the frames, right after um, he turns the water into wine, the wine bubbles for a few seconds, and then mm. he hands her the glass. It's quite sinister, controversial. Yeah, but this is this is of this moment, and I like this when I like it when comic movies lean into their source materials and just do something completely goofy. I do, and then right at the wedding, they go outside on the balcony, and the city's being attacked by a weird cyclops octopus monster. This, that's very Raimi as well. It feels yeah, like yeah. one of the Spider Man, one of his Spider Man films. It does actually, it really does, yeah. Um, and of course, then Wong and uh, Strange jump into action because all the other superheroes are busy that day. That old Marvel shtick. And uh, I really enjoyed that fight scene. Just, yeah, in general. Loads of smashy, smashy, jumping around, uh, smashing up skyscrapers, Wong, putting portals so he doesn't fall to his death. I always enjoy that portaling of Doctor Strange. That's a fun part of random um, portals to different places to when you're falling through the air and then you portal to standing. And then you get a big gory thing where they pop out the, the monster's eye. I mean, if you've got uh, a big eye, yeah, yeah, you yeah. open Which yourself I, I, up to that. I always enjoyed. Um, and then um, then they grab the lady, and they want to interrogate her, and they're like, what the hell? What are you doing? And then she shows them the dead Doctor Strange body, right? That's what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. So And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what's happening? He buries himself on a roof and He's, says... Yeah, he says, like, I'm going to put that away for safekeeping because uh, around about Act 3, we could probably use this. Then he goes off to confer with Wanda Maximoff, who's off in an orchard. Oh, so nice. 
This uh, is where things went off the rails a bit for me, but yes, I agree. This is what happened so far. Oh, well, first of all, actually, she's got she's having a dream about her kids, isn't she? Yeah, her kids are called Billy and Tommy. Strong mm-hmm. Russian names. <laughs> and yeah, she's having a dream about them. And um, she wakes up and she's in this orchard and she's actually, she's having a grand old time. But then Strange comes along and says, what are you up to? And then she reveals that it's all an illusion. She's actually turned the place into some sort of weird hell because she's been reading this bad book, very Sam Raimi of her as well. But it also turns out that there's this good book somewhere we found along the way too, which is a really good book that can sort everything out. Stop me when I'm being too vague. I feel no, this no, is... this is fine. This, this is all accurate. I think what I didn't like about that whole Orchard and Bernie thing is just you don't. It's strange just turns up there, but it's like a and this illusion like <laughs> there's no sense of how far that stretches or like how he how he arrived there like that feels almost dreamlike i think it would have been better if they i would have preferred to have seen a bit more concrete <laughs> i'm not saying we need to see him like <laughs> checking in at the airport or things like that but like at least something a bit more concrete of even like just a, a, another 10 seconds of showing him pulling up <laughs> Are like arriving yeah, at the yeah, place. Yeah, I know what you mean. It just yeah. it felt just a bit too dreamy to me. I do know what you mean. I thought that was a, actually a goofy as fuck visual. To be honest, it was I wasn't on board with that in particular. But then we find so yeah, she's the baddie. She's been trying to get the lady who can jump between dimensions because she wants to get back to her imaginary children that never actually existed. So, which is they, again is just going back to one division. The kids yes, exactly. that she had in that show. Yeah, yeah. There's no way this shouldn't come with a previously on the MCU yeah. um, thing before it. They should just do that. <laughs> they really should. So then, they, that's when they go off to uh, Camertage, um, mm. the big fortress, um, and they have the big uh, sorcerer battle. But when um, Wanda attacks the Camertage, and she keeps saying, "I am holding back. I am holding back." They they kill a bunch of people, and then yeah. the thing is about uh, the young lady, uh, America Chavez. She can only use her powers to transport between universe to between universes in the multiverse when she's under threat. Ah, yes, that's right. And then she brings she, she somehow allows Wanda to um, pop over to some other world where she can hang out with her kids, right? No, well, she tra- well she, she transports herself and Strange to Earth eight three eight, according to this. While I Maximoff uses Earth the Darkhold to dreamwalk. Yeah, I assume. No, they do, don't they? Because that the Earth that they tr- transport to has mapped out different oh. different worlds. Oh yeah, you're they've right. Mapped out, or they've mapped out a number of multiverses at least. Yes, you're correct. Okay, so for some reason, then. So you're thinking um, this is vague. This is already too much. This is more depth than Michael Waldron <laughs> went into. <laughs> so for some reason, then, Wanda has to go off to this mountain where she can travel between dimensions. Yeah, again. she wants to do some Doctor Sleep style dreamwalking, which I much preferred in Doctor Sleep from yes. an Irish traveler. That's how I like my dreamwalking. And so, yeah, they have to go off to some mountain where there's these stone dogs that will do her bidding. Not good. It, that felt like some kind of Ghostbusters, Lady well, Ghostbusters, to me. It, well, it was. It was some kind of Ghostbuster. It was. It was like. It was like um, closer to Ghostbusters one, like. But yeah, still. Yeah. I, I get or what you're remake saying. Ghostbusters when you get round to that. Indeed. Yeah. 
I should. I should at some point. You shouldn't. You should I not? Okay, I, no, I definitely won't in that case. So then, oh yeah, so Strange and uh, and the lady, um, America something or other, are in America the other, are in the other world. They run into Bruce Campbell and Doctor Strange does something really quite mean to to poor old Bruce Campbell just because he wants to make money on the food that she America stole from him. Anyway, but then that's when... Um, uh, 12 Years a Slave shows up um, and he brings them before the Illuminati who are comprised of Hillary Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> spit roasting right. a kid. Yeah. No. <laughs> sweet, uh, sweet adrenochrome. Indeed. Yeah, no, it's... Um, so, of course, it's it's uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Carol Mordo. That's his name, yeah, right? Yeah, Baron Mordo. And... Peggy Carter Peggy is there Carter. As, as Captain Britain. Uh, Black Bolt is there. Black, yeah, but he's given his full title, Black Agar Boltagon. <laughs> Who calls him that? That's his name. Is it? Yeah. I that's thought he's his, just called Black Bolt. No, nah, he's called Black Agar Boltagon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Reed Richards is there yeah. and Charles Xavier? Yeah, and you're very racistly forgetting Captain Marvel, Maria Rambo. Oh, is Lashana Captain Marvel there? Jesus, mm-hmm. I completely forgotten about that. Lashana Lynch, remember she gets she gets murdered brutally as well, like everyone else. I do else. now, yes. So they they explain that they've done loads of fucked up multiverse things. So now they're basically like multiverse police or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. uh, Strange triggered a universe destroying incursion. Oh yeah, because Strange is the big bad in this. He's basically yeah. They like, they because they're Doctor Strange. They executed. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, around this time, and oh yeah, and they totally believe that this strange is fucked up as well, so they don't want to help him at all. But then Wanda arrives, and um, she takes her other, she takes other world Wanda's body, and then she uh, kills all the members of the Illuminati. I thought that was pretty awesome, to be honest. Yeah, except um, Mordo. Mordo doesn't die. No. Okay. <laughs> Whatever, I didn't remember that. This is I know this is like this <laughs> This is like a, an incredibly hard pr- plot to recall details that this is part of the problem to me that it just overall when I walked away from the film I was like I immediately felt like I I don't care. I'm not going to recall a lot of the a lot of this plot. This is I'm not do- a film I'm doing I'm all look right back. though. I'm you're doing great. You're doing very <laughs> you're doing exceptionally well considering I'm going to try and get to the end now. See, okay. I could maybe just write a Marvel movie I'm doing so. Right. So she she kills them all except Mordo, as you just said. Mm-hmm. And then they escape. Oh, yes, that's right. Rachel McAdams is there. Yeah, she but works. She works, she works the there. Clintons. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she, but it's that version of it. And he kind of convinces her, come on, help us. So she does. They pop back to the other. No, they don't go to the other world. They go to the place where the good book is. Yeah, it's called the Book of Vishanti, apparently. Right, and that's the opposite of the bad book. Mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't Wanda appear and fucking destroys the book, yeah, so she, she can't be fucked with. Yeah, she blows it up. Yes, and then she takes over the America lady, and yeah, she she starts sending them to a really like fucked up uh, universe, the one that's being like basically crushed. Because that's what happens when you mess around with multiverses, they crush each other or something like that. And then Strange has to fight the bad Strange, who has been sort of taken over by the bad book in a sort of a zombie way. And then somehow the corpse of Doctor Strange gets involved at this point. 
because of plot. Yeah, Strange um, uh, uses. I think he uses the dark hold to reanimate. It's <laughs> dead. It's so fucking convoluted. Yeah, yeah, but I quite liked that bit. I thought that was loads of fun, actually, and really gross. So yeah, he he reanimates his corpse, and then. Oh, yeah. He talks the lady into being able to use her abilities. That's crucial. Because, of course. <laughs> he just says to her, like, yeah, have you considered being good at using your powers and not yeah, bad yeah. at it? Exactly. And she's like, I never thought of that. Yeah. And at some point in these proceedings, bad Maximov scares the shit out of the two kids. So, this is, yeah. So, what happens is Chavez sends Wanda to, to Earth. To Earth 838, so the one with yeah the Illuminati and everything, and sends her there. And that's when Billy and Tommy, the two kids, see her fighting the good Wanda. And then she's like, what have I become? Yeah, yeah. And she ba- like she kind of kills herself. but She does. She destroys uh, all the copies of the Darkhold in, in, across the multiverse and basically blows herself up. So it's goodbye, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, there we are. It would seem she's done. That's her contract expired. Yeah, and then we see America uh, is helping all the um, all the wizards, which is yeah, America. There's a lot of that throughout the film of them going like, "We need see, we need save America." Building, building all the the, they're building the fortress again, Mm -hmm. and then oh yeah, fucking Strange gets a gets a third eye, which is odd. Well, that's a, like, yeah, that feels a bit of a Raimi-esque move of ending with, like, uh, he's like, hey, it was a good ending, but ah, uh, Doctor Strange has got a third eye now. Yeah, and then, uh, so th- As a result that's kind of, of the, the end, Darkhold. except in the middle of the credits, Charlie's Theron comes along and says, hey, you fucked up a bunch of stuff too, you gotta help me. And yeah. then, yeah, that's it. And then Have Strange it? follows her into the dark dimension, apparently, which is wow. where Dormammu lives. Who's Dermammu? The first one. The, the oh, the guy he has to talk to. One. Yeah, who yeah. has to convince. Anyway, uh, actually, to be honest, as I was going through that plot, I was like enjoying the movie in my head a little bit more. I, yeah. d- I did. When you were talking I'm still, about it. I'm back it, on board, despite all your negativity, Andy. When you were talking about it, I did think like, I guess I could rewatch this, but it's going to be a long time for me. The one thing that was pop- that was coming back into my head when I was watching it is like, it's so propulsive. It doesn't stand still for a second, this film. That's fair. There's always something happening. I kind and of I wish like I'd watched it in 2D. I just didn't really have the choice. I had oh, to yeah, watch it in 3D. Bad 3D rendering suck ass, don't they? I don't I didn't think they even did like you were saying I don't think they even did that anymore like that kind of post conversion you, you know lose what? so like, much James Cameron must have been laughing at people for years over that because clear, like here's the thing is like James Cameron's not into gimmicks when mm-hmm. he did made Titanic he built a fucking replica of Titanic the guy doesn't yeah. fuck around so if he's doing a 3D movie it's going to be a 3D fucking movie. And it's very quickly, everybody, all cinema goers, got sick of it as a gimmick because they all sucked. They're all blue. It just made the movie darker because they didn't, yeah, because it wasn't made exclusively for yeah. it. Whereas, that's exactly like, what happened to me. I went to, see, I went to see the first Avatar four times because there's literally nothing like it ever. Yeah. And there hasn't been since. And I'm looking forward to seeing it again before this. It's going to get a big re-release. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and then boost ahead of... Endgame again, <laughs> um, and I've just yeah I can't wait to see all four of those movies. <laughs> man, I, I feel sorry sick. for anyone who's only seen Avatar on a TV or something. Or oh on yeah, a phone. You mean, that was <laughs> the worst film ever. 
that was event cinema to the point that like you could like when that was becoming the the highest grossing film of all time you were going yeah of course it is that makes a lot of sense that that is what yeah anyway when i see the when i get the chance i'm going to watch that in like a, a massive massive screen in 3D i i'm genuine cuz the thing is there's no uh there's no voice original imax in mm-hmm. barcelona so i am just fully considering uh, flying back to Ireland to, <laughs> to see Avatar 2. I'll, I'll tolerate like Ava- a rewatch of Avatar 1, 3D and Phenomena maybe, but I want the mahoose of IMAX for Avatar 2, for real. I Dublin guess has l- a great IMAX. Anyway. I guess the last thing to say about uh, the MCU, just to say about Phase 4, like I said, this is we've had five films so far, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Doctor Strange 2. So the remainder of Phase 4 is Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and then the Marvels, and I assume Fantastic Four. Although John Watts was supposed to be directing yeah, departed, Fantastic yeah. Four and he dropped out. But apparently so. that's just general exhaustion, not cre- not the classic creative yeah. differences. Apparently he's just knackered. But everything um, else has been shot. It's all in at least post-production. <laughs> Yeah, um, and you know what? At least four of those titles I'm really interested in seeing. Well, we'll let, let people figure out which ones are which. I'm assuming it's the Marvels that you're not that hot on. Yeah, I probably couldn't give less of a fuck about that. But, and you know, I mean, probably Quantumania I could take or leave. We'll see how it goes. Those Peyton are typ- Reed. <laughs> Peyton Reed. <laughs> He's the hero of this podcast. <laughs> He's a legend. <laughs> World's greatest film director. Man, I mean, oh God, it must suck because it's like he, like Paul Rudd's character in those films, is a bit of a is a bit of a joke in the MCU, isn't it? Like Ant Man yeah. and the Wasp is the butt of the joke for anybody <laughs> who knows what they're talking about about the MCU. Even though, like, because that's the thing, it's like Hulk, Louis Leterrier's Hulk is just a oh, yeah. it's just a terrible film. It's just a mess. Whereas uh, Ant Man and the Wasp is just a bit of a dullard. Like it's just you know. It's not great. Of the uh, the remaining MCU TV series, one of them is uh, She-Hulk. That's right, yeah. Which is going to be it's out. And, out uh, have you read who the baddie is? No, who? Tim Roth is ah. back, baby. Emil Blonsky. Same character. Abomination, yeah. He's playing uh, the baddie. All right, fair enough. Good She-Hulk. luck to you. He was one so. of the better things in that. But I actually, because I watched that when I was, you know, doing Marvel from the start. And, like, it is funny to see, like, a really good actor doing their best with absolute garbage. Who are you talking about, him or Norton? Tim Roth. <laughs> oh, yeah, Edward Norton's not good in that movie either. That's the thing. And he that wrote was just, it as well. I th- but I was, it wasn't Norton. Wasn't that another one of those? I thought that was, like, another, like, uh, you know, contract he was signed up for, the multi picture thing it was definitely he had one of those early doors where he had to do three films one was the italian job and a couple of others where he like had his arm twisted but didn't he like didn't he he wrote the script for hulk didn't he does it doesn't he didn't he try to take co-writer credits on everything and editor credits on most things because he tended to try and shape things ah fair enough i think he might have been credited later on for you know rewrites or something like normally that is so bad you never need to watch that for the rest of your life really like it's just it it sucks on a level i don't think marvel have gotten near since well i look forward to seeing william hurt in future marvel properties maybe well um, you can't he's dead like a zombie yeah well they could they i've seen what they were able to do in multiverse of madness 
Yeah, that's they right. They can make like zombies talk and stuff. Anyway, animate corpses. What's a new film coming out soon that you'd like to see and watch for this podcast? Well, next up is one hundred percent. We're going to be face to face and cheek to cheek in Barcelona, starting from the next episode. So, uh, in the cinema is going to be Top Gun, Top Gun Two. I saw a trailer for that. Oh, yeah, it looks great, doesn't it? It looked very. It was very nice. I've seen that trailer a couple a couple of times. Looks very. So, when are you going to be in Barcelona? Starting next Sunday. Ah, right. Sweet. Okay, yeah. So we can uh, manage that on um, Sunday or Monday evening. Next Sunday we're doing the I know, before yeah, before. But yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But like whenever, whenever, because we've got two weeks until that. Sweet. Uh, we could. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll figure that out in between. Could also do Jurassic uh, thingy, th- the thing, Jurassic one. <laughs> yeah, I've, Jurassic I have, one. I've kept up to date with that. I've did with watch all the, guys. Uh, the second one. With all the guys that are um, back in the, the whole gang's back together, the gang yeah. finds mm-hmm. a way. That's what mm-hmm. he would have said. Yes. Oh, God, let's just end on that. That fucking bum note. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I love you all, and I you, love Andy. You. <laughs> okay. Bye. <thanks>. Bye. <laughs> People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. Women seem wicked. When you're unwanted, streets are uneven When you're down, when you're strange Faces come out of the